Good morning. Let's all stand. Together we're going to lift up our voices as we sing at Calvary. Years I spent in vanity and pride at Calvary. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. It was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my birth and soul found liberty at Calvary. And oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my birth and soul found liberty at Calvary. I have a song. Since I have been redeemed of my received Savior King, since I have been redeemed, since I have been redeemed, since I have been redeemed, I will glory in His name. Since I have been redeemed, I will glory in my Savior's name. I have a home. Since I have been redeemed, where I shall dwell eternally, since I have been redeemed, since I have been redeemed, since I have been redeemed, I will glory in His name. Since I have been redeemed, I will glory in my Savior's name. Let's open up with a word of prayer this morning. Father in heaven, we come before you, Lord, and we praise you and thank you for the opportunity to come and worship you. And I do ask that you be with each of our brothers and sisters in Christ, that we would have open and receptive hearts and ears. We do thank you for your many answered prayers. We're excited to hear that patience is home from the hospital and that you have answered those prayers in such an incredible way. Lord, we praise you and thank you for that. And as we start our service this morning, I looked up before you Jeannie Green, whose daughter passed away this week. I pray that you comfort her in a powerful and real way. Lord, we thank you that we as a church family can gather together, can pray one for another, and we can edify and encourage each other. We thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Oh, 
Would you stand one more time as we lift up our voices and we sing, Behold Our God.
I will go home, it may be today. My Lord will come, I know not when, but this is sure, he'll come again. With eager eyes, I look for him, in his presence new joy will begin. Maybe today my Lord will come for me. I would like you to take your Bibles and turn with me, if you would, to Psalm 89. Psalm 89 in your Old Testament. I'm going to read to you verses 15 down through 18. <clears throat> Title of our message this morning is, There is a Joyful Sound. And what we're going to do is we're going to see in this text how that God's children, you and I that have put our faith and trust in the Lord and walk in Him, there's a certain joyful sound that comes with knowing the Lord and walking in the Lord. Um, this week, as we did youth camp, and, and when we do youth camp, there's two camps running simultaneously, junior camp and teen camp. Um, we had about, oh, 54, 55 junior campers and about 75 or so teen campers, and then all the counselors and staff so I go to one chapel, I see how that's running, make sure everything's going okay, then I'll go to the other chapel, make sure that's okay, nobody has any need, everything's all right. But I have the benefit of going and listening to those boys and girls sing. And I had asked John today, but we weren't able to bring it up because we just got back uh, yesterday afternoon. I was gonna pull up one of the, a little clip of the teens singing in chapel and the way they just fill the chapel with music, them and their counselors. And then the little boys and girls, the junior campers, who they're only in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, but they lift up their voices and they sing unto the Lord and they're so excited as they do it. There is this joyful sound 
that comes with knowing and walking with the Lord. Listen as this text, Psalm 89, verses 15 down through 18, talks about God's people in this joyful sound. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name they shall rejoice all the day. And in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength. And in thy favor our horn shall be exalted. For the Lord is our defense. And the Holy One of Israel is our King. The, there's really only two points in this text that I want to bring across to you this morning. First of all, this joyful sound is in the presence of God's people. Secondly, this joyful sound is in the presence of God himself. Yesterday when I came back, uh, we, we, we drove back, all the supplies had to be unloaded, put it away, put away. And then Sandra Joe, as, as well as the others who worked for the week, we all go home and crash. But I know I have to prepare for today. Uh, so Sandra Joe came and helped finish the bulletin for this morning and then she went home and I worked in my office getting ready for Bible hour and worship hour today. Then I did go home and I just sat down and I'm a reader. So I, I just looked at the mail we had for the week and there was an AARP magazine. Now some of you have no idea what that was. In fact, I said to Sandra Joe, why don't we start to get AARP? She said, oh, I signed up for it because we get a discount on something. I said, oh, all right. So I'm just paging through. And I came upon a section about centenarians. How many of you here are centenarians? No centenarians. To be a centenarian, you have to be 100 years old. That's what a centenarian is. So I wanted to read to you this little piece about centenarians. I gotta, I'm not as good with all this technology as, because I'm almost a centenarian. <laughs> it's supposed to make it bigger. Ah, there we go. All right. We'll adjust the trifocals for this little tiny writing. Attending religious services four times per month has been linked with four to 14 years of increased life expectancy. In interviews conducted by National Geographic and the Blue Zones organization, which is, I assume is for old people, Two hundred and fifty-eight out of two hundred and sixty-three centenarians said they belonged to a faith-based community. That's a high percentage of centenarians who are belonging to a religious or faith-based community. Why am I saying that to you? Because this verse here that says to us in verse 15, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. Well, that's us. 
Because we come together as a group. We come together as a congregation. We come together as God's children who have chosen to come and worship. And I do want you to understand that as much as we promote and help those who can't be here to live stream, it's really about coming. Coming and fellowshipping and being encouraged. Coming and shaking hands and saying hi. I'm so glad that we're coming out the other side and I'm so praying that we don't go into another winter of having to be shut off from each other. I want to live to be a centenarian. And if coming to church four times a month helps me get there, that's a bonus. Amen. So as we look at this text, he's saying that in the presence of God's people, amongst God's people, is this joyful sound as they walk in the light of God's countenance. Look with me at verse 15 again. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thine countenance. And certainly as you and I come together, even as we had our worship service this morning, as we're lifting up our voice unto the Lord in song, there's a glow in our hearts as we bask in the glow of his countenance, in that light, that joyful sound that he has for you and I. And you can see it in other places too. When I see moms and dads come in with their little babies, that's kind of a glow unto itself, isn't it? Or you see a newlywed couple, they come in holding hands. There's a bit of a glow there, isn't it? Or those senior citizens who are still holding hands when they sit down in church. There's a little bit of a glow there. And I think all that is part of the love of God in us and through us. And as we walk with the Lord and draw nearer one to another in the Lord, we have his countenance as part of us. When you go down to verse 16 in this text of Psalm 89, and he talks about this joyful sound. Listen to what he says in verse 16 about those who know that sound. He says in verse 16, in thy name shall they rejoice all the day. If you know the joyful sound of the Lord, if you know the joyful sound of the presence of the Spirit of God in your life, if you know the joyful sound of Him lighting your way and lighting your path through life, we find somebody who learned to rejoice. That's part of the joyful sound. Learning to rejoice in the Lord. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 says rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Isn't it interesting that he doubles up on it, doesn't he? He wants us to be sure that we get it. That you and I that hear that joyful sound. You and I that know and walk with God. You and I should be the people who rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. It should be a part of who we are. It should lift up our hearts to just step back and say, thank you, Lord. I rejoice in you. Not only that, rejoicing kind of chases away the blues. Proverbs 17, 22 says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. All around our country, there are people who struggle with just 
being happy. On Friday night, we have a fire. Uh, the junior campers come and they do a testimony um, and sing songs around the fire. Then they go to bed. And then the teen camp comes and gathers around the fire. And part of what they do is they'll come up and they'll pick up a stick and they cast it in the fire, representing old things passed away. And from this new day at camp on, a new walk in Christ. And one of the teenage boys, probably 16 years old, right around there, cast his stick in the fire. And he said, all year I have struggled and struggled with depression. But he said, you know what? This week has just lifted my soul. And he said, I am going to go ahead and I am going to strive to be happy in the Lord, to rejoice in the Lord. When we look at this text, it's so important for us to understand that learning to hear the joyful sound of God in our hearts and our lives, learning to rejoice in him, it gives us that merry heart that maketh a cheerful countenance. That's what Proverbs 15, 13 says. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. You and I, we have to work at casting aside that broken heart. You know, the Bible teaches us to not be easily offended. Do you know that? That means don't walk around with a chip on your shoulder waiting for somebody to knock it off. Because you're really just asking to be unhappy. You're asking to be offended. If every morning you get up just waiting for your spouse to say something or do something to set you off, guaranteed it's going to happen. Right? Something. They're going to close the cabinet too loud. Something. Because no matter what, if you're looking to be miserable, it's not hard to find miserable. But you have to kind of choose in life to have a merry heart. You have to choose to hear the joyful sound of the Lord in your heart and in your life. You've got to decide, I am going to let the Lord guide me to that place where I can hear the joyful sound of the Lord in my heart and in my soul. Does that mean that you are one of those people who just never has a problem? There is no people who never has a problem. If you think there are, you have bought the Facebook lie. <laughs> no, everybody has their struggles. Everybody has their difficulties. That's what we're dealing with in the Bible hour, 930. We're, we're learning how to thrive in stressful times our times. But everybody's in stressful times. Everybody has struggles in their lives. And as we look here, and I apologize, I don't ever bring my phone, but I have all kinds of things that go off on my phone rem reminding me when to pray. And I pray for 938, God to add laborers to the harvest. And then I have reminders through the day, but you don't want to hear that on this pulpit mic, do you? So as we come down in our text, it is up to you and I to allow the Lord to give us that peace, that joy that only can come from him. And as we gather together, it is amplified. That's what fellowship does. When you and I come together, 
and we lift up our voices in song and we hear the joyful sound, it is at that time that our souls are lifted. It amplifies and multiplies that joyful sound in our hearts and in lives. Look with me again back at our text, Psalm 89. Go down again with me to verse 16. It says, in thy name shall they rejoice all the day. And listen to the second part of this verse. And in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. He says, Lord, those who can hear your joyful sound, when they're walking in your righteousness, they are exalted. Isn't that interesting? Most of the Bible talks about God being exalted. But here he's talking about you and I being lifted up. Our lives improving. He says, and how do you get to that place? You and I that hear the joyful sound? By living a righteous life. Then we can hear the calming sound of peace. In fact, Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You and I, as we apply the righteousness of Christ in our lives, because we do hear the joyful sound, because he is a part of our hearts and our lives, he says we experience that peace, that calming sound of peace that keeps our hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Also, the gentle sound of contentment. There's something about living a life for God that teaches us to be content. In fact, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, I have learned and whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. He goes on in the text and he talks about how he's learned whether he has much to be content or whether he has very little to be content. No matter what his situation is, he's learned to just say, thank you, Lord, thank you. And in each of our lives, if we are those people that know the joyful sound of the Lord, coming together helps us to learn to be content. Because we learn that, hey, we're not in this alone. We're not alone in the struggle of life. We're not alone in the struggle of finances. We're not alone in the struggle of marriage and raising children and working a career. We are together in this. You and I that can hear the joyful sound of the Lord. So we learn to hear in that joyful sound a gentle contentment. Also, there's an uplifting sound of hope. That's one of the great things about hearing that joyful sound of knowing there is hope in Christ. There is hope for each of us. I've told you many times my life verse is Matthew 6.33 because it changed my life. It's what really made me turn to God and really let him change my life and my eternity. It simply says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. You see, that's a verse of hope. It's understanding that if I will but seek the righteousness of God, if I will learn to just follow his way, then these hopes and dreams that I have in life 
He will unfold as I go along. Psalm 89, where he said the last part of verse 16, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. You and I, when we choose to follow the Lord, when we choose to walk in his way, when we choose his righteousness, he says, I'll add these things unto your life that you're seeking. I'll see your life improve. You will gain in your life those things that you're hoping and dreaming of. Because each of us in our lives, who wants to end up with all the problems of unrighteousness? I was reading an article the other day about divorce and prenuptial agreements. And they said prenuptial agreements are one of the hardest legal documents to get people to do. Because all of a sudden an attorney is looking at somebody and saying, I know you're excited about getting married, but let's talk about you getting divorced. <laughs> and the couples look at each other and say, well, we're not going to get divorced. Of course not. And they say to the attorney, no, we don't want to talk about that. Because you know what, really, in all honesty, we're all hopeful, aren't we? We go into marriage, we go into new jobs, hopeful. We go into new communities, new stages of our lives. I can remember when Sandra Joe and I first got married, we talked about having kids and we talked about, well, let's have kids early so that then when they go on their way, we'll be free. <laughs> With a little bit of the naivety of youth. Whatever it is that we're facing in life, whatever it is that's going on, we want that hope of knowing that God is there with us, that he's going to bless us and help us and guide us and enable us. But he links it to living a righteous life. If we live an unrighteous life, then you kind of can count on it. Things are going to go rough, aren't they? That's part of being the camp director for the week that I do this every year, is I have to sit down with the troublemakers. I spend more time with troublemakers than good kids because everybody's sending the troublemakers to the director of the camp. And you have to sit down and you gotta to say to them, this can't go on, can't happen anymore. We need to see this end. What do I need to do for you? Do I need to give you a one-on-one? -on -one? What do we do? Do we need to call your parents? That's kind of my job because they need to understand when you do that, which is unrighteous, the pressure is going to come on to bear, isn't it? But if you do good, they don't even know the director's name. But if you do bad, stress comes your way. Well, that's, that's a lesson in all of life, isn't it? If you do a bad job on the job, Somebody eventually addresses that issue, don't they? If you live a law-breaking life, eventually the deputy, the police officer, the trooper is knocking at your door. Isn't it right? If you live in your marriage an ungodly, unholy life, all of a sudden you're wishing you had filled out a prenup. But we want hope. That's what we want. You and I that hear the joyful sound, we want hope. 
And that's why when you look at Matthew 6, 33, and it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things should be added to you. It's kind of like being a young Christian girl, look around and you say to yourself, boy, I'll tell you, the pickings are pretty slim at church for really good, handsome guys. Uh, Mrs. Taylor already got pastor. <laughs> you know, Rachel's already got Kurt. I don't know, it's pretty thin. I think I'll start going to the bars to find myself a husband. So what do you think you're going to get? Going to get a good church going guy who loves the Lord and wants to stay out of trouble? No. I was talking to a guy the other day who hires people really with a purpose in his heart, in, in his heart to help people. He has a business. He has a multitude of employees. And he told me, he says, when I hire people, I really hope to help them. But he says, wow, some of them, their lives are such a mess. And we were just casually talking. I told him, I said, I never understand how these guys who are so messed up, they're, they're drugging, they're drinking, they're cheating, and they find a woman who wants to marry them. And he looked at me, he says, I know. The problem is they have the same problem and they find each other. That's a life of hardship. That's a life without hope. Those are folks who have not heard the joyful sound and said, I am going to walk in the righteousness of the Lord. That he might add unto me all the promises that he gives. I'm going to put my rest and hope in him. You and I that are here this morning, we could have been many places, couldn't we? We could be camping, we could be fishing, we could be hiking, we could be at the racetrack somewhere, we could be recovering from a huge Saturday night of police and drunkenness, we could be doing anything this morning, couldn't we? But we chose to come and hear the joyful sound. The joyful sound of the Lord in our hearts and our souls. The joyful sound upon our tongues as we lift up song and prayer. Look as we come down to verses 17 and 18 in our text. Because here he helps us to understand. Not only do we find that joyful sound amongst us. It really is in his presence. Look at verses 17 and 18 again. Psalm 89. For thou art the glory of their strength. And in thy favor, our horn shall be exalted. For the Lord is our defense. And the Holy One of Israel is our King. Yes, we find the joyful sound in our collective worship. Yes, we find the joyful sound in our collective prayer, in our collective song. But really, it's all about the Lord. It's all about Him. And he tells us here in this text, as he inspires these words to be penned down, he says, for thou art the glory of their strength. That joyful sound that you and I hear is the sound of God reaching into our hearts and souls and strengthening us. Day by day, we look for him to enable us and strengthen us and guide us and help us. 
We rest in him because we are his. John 15 verses 14 through 16 says, Ye are my friends. If ye do whatsoever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Jesus says, you're my friend. You that hear the joyful sound, you that know and love the Lord, he says, you're my friend. Sure, we're his servant, but he says, I don't call you a servant, I call you a friend. If you were just a servant, I wouldn't tell you all that's transpiring and what the Father has to say. But he says, because you're my friend, I've told you everything. Because he knows and loves us. You and I, we find in the presence of our Lord that strength that we need because he is our friend. He wants to help us. It's interesting in the second part of verse 17, he says, and in thy favor, our horn shall be exalted. In the Bible, a horn, he's not talking about a bugle. He's talking about a horn. He's talking about uh like antlers. He's saying that you and I in our lives, he, listen to it again, and in thy favor, in God's favor upon our lives, our horn shall be exalted. Now I realize that none of you in this room have real horns. But the symbolism of a horn in the Bible is power or strength. And he's saying to us in this text, he's saying, I will help you to be strong. We need strength. We live in a world where we need to be strong. If we're not strong, we will be beat down. The devil is always looking. He searches, he seeks whom he may devour. You and I need to be strong. And here he tells us, he says, when we hear that joyful sound, when we walk in him and know him, those that are his, he favors and he makes strong. This week, as we did youth camp, uh, we had a junior camp speaker, Brother Terry Taylor. He was our missionary to Papua New Guinea for many years, but he retired. And now he works for a church in Ohio. And now he's semi-retired from that too. He does the children's ministry at that church. And he came and did our junior camp. And Terry, uh, he was for years in Papua New Guinea. And he got a, a, a microbe in his system from the water in Papua New Guinea that ate the linings in all his joints. And so they shipped him home and he was in horrible shape for a long time. It took him over a year to kill what was in his body. And then for him to relearn to walk, to move, it had to rejuvenate. Well, now he's 60. I think he told me he was 69, just getting ready to turn 70. And he walks very, with great difficulty. He has rheumatoid arthritis through all his joints, 
from back when that microbe, whatever it was, ate in the linings of all his joints. But you know what? He still gets up and he still goes. He, he, he drove all the way from Ohio to New York to the camp we rented. And every day he went and did junior church in the morning and junior church in the evening. And he walked. He walked from his cabin all the, to, the way to where chapel was. And I'm not talking about from here to there. I'm talking about from farther than from here to the neighbor. He didn't come to me and say, Pastor, I can't do this. No. I asked him, I said, how you doing, Terry? I'm doing fine. I said, do you need help? You need me to have somebody pick you up? No, I'm fine. Why? Because God strengthens him day by day. <clears throat> day by day. Day by day. He rests in the Lord as the Lord blesses him and strengthens him to continue serving the Lord. He doesn't have to do it. He, he's semi-retired. He could stay home. He could sit on a rocking chair in the front porch and just watch the birds sing. But every Sunday, he goes and runs the children's church in a church of about 800 people. Why does he do it? Because God strengthens him to do it. And he wants to. He loves to. You and I in our lives, you and I that hear the joyful sound, Yes, there's great benefit in coming together, and that's what the scriptures teach us. But we also have to come apart. That means to just step aside and listen. On your way to work, in the evening when the kids are gone to bed, when the TV is off and the radios and the Wi-Fis and everything are down. Listen to the joyful noise. Let God speak to your heart and your soul. Rest in his presence that he might renew your strength. This week, I, we had one of the older guys in our church. He said to me, Pastor, I want to come and be a counselor at camp. I said, are you sure? Yeah. yeah. He says, I want to come and do it. He used to do it years and years ago. I already wanted to come and do it. I said, great. Signed him up. Gave him more responsibility than anybody else. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> but, like the, a day in, he told me, he says, man, I am just hurting all over. I said, well, do you think maybe you need to go home? He said, I thought about it. But he said, I don't think so. I said, well... Go and rest. Let the other counselors take things. Just rest a little bit. And he did. And so we, we came into the next day. And I said, how you doing? Yeah, a little better. I said, do you think you need to go home? No, I think I'll be all right. And each day he stayed and served the Lord. Why? Because God strengthened him. God strengthened him as he went. And he's right here this morning. Brother Rick. The boys prayed for me. Those boys did pray for you. Actually, some of his little cabin boys, one brought him a ginger ale, said, here, I bought this for you at the snack shop. Aww. 
Another little boy, went. one of them brought you some kind of treat, brought him a, a pretzel. His co-counselor told me, he said the boys, when they run up to the door, yelling and shouting, they open it to go in and see his brother Rick resting. Then they slam the door and they run out yelling and screaming. But you know what? When we rest in the Lord and we listen to his still small voice, when we listen to that joyful sound, it is amazing how he strengthens us. Whatever it is you're facing in life, come to Christ. Come to know the Lord. Come and let him have his way in your heart and life. Live a righteous life that he might strengthen your horn that he might bless you and enable you. Let's bow our heads as we come to the end of the service. Father in heaven, as we dismiss from this place this morning, we praise you and thank you for the joyful sound. The sound of each of our brothers and sisters in Christ worshiping with us. And Lord, we thank you that as we leave this place, you do not leave us nor forsake us. You don't live within these four walls. You live in our hearts and our lives. And you go forth with us. We rest in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I think Brother John has a closing verse. We've heard the joyful sound Jesus saves. We have heard the joyful sound Jesus saves. Jesus saves, spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, bear the news to every land. Climb the steeps and cross the waves, onward tis our Lord's command. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Amen. We're dismissed this morning.